0: Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of our Wednesday night study entitled, A Study of Prayer, based on the book, How to Pray by Ronnie Floyd. Since this is a discussion-based study, we have edited out the comments made by those in attendance due to the fact that they do not have a microphone. May you draw closer to God each day in your prayer life. Lesson number six, three keys to effective prayer. Key number three. Move another step further in our study about prayer and uh, being faithful in, in prayer to our Lord, to our God. And I, I appreciate you hanging with me here. Uh, I'm enjoying this study, as I've said, if you're kind of new to this, uh, that you may not learn anything that's brand new. But sometimes it's good to be reminded of the basics and to re- be reminded of what the Word says. And that's kind of my stance in this right now. I've enjoyed the study just in the reminding uh, phase of how it's touched me in just thinking about uh, prayer life so as we start here tonight in the last uh, two lessons that we've been together we have been studying the keys to powerful productive prayer in our life and basically according to the book that I'm reading that I'm following through this the author is Ronnie Floyd who is uh, uh, chairman of the board at the Southern Baptist Convention and he's been a pastor for many many years and I've heard him speak a uh, great man uh, so I've enjoyed the book. But three keys that bring us to the throne room of God in, pra- in prayer and uh, give us access to His power uh, in prayer. Study two keys so far out of the three that bring us to productive prayer. Key number one is we always pray according to God's will. Uh, as Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, the height of His prayer was not my will, but thine be done. That is the way we pray as well. That's one of the keys of productive prayer is that we don't ask for our will or for our way, but rather we ask for God's will. Uh, The second key is we always pray in Jesus' name. Why do we do that? Because Jesus said so. Uh, We pray through the name of Jesus Christ because He is our intercessor. Uh, According to the book of Hebrews, He is our high priest. We pray through Him to God the Father. We pray through Him because we are still sinful. Sin still stains our life, and yet because He is our Savior, and we pray through our Savior, we are absolutely clean before God. And so we pray through Him as intercessor and high priest. Now, here's key number three. We pray in the Spirit of God. We are praying in the Spirit of God. Now, as we begin this study tonight... Uh, I can tell you that many Christians avoid the topic of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They are confused a bit uh, and don't really want to cover the topic of the Holy Spirit. Uh, We know that the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, And we know that the Spirit of God is is, is God living in us, taking up residence in us. But many Christians choose to avoid this topic of the Holy Spirit because Sometimes we get off into the area, and it's a worthy area of study, of praying in tongues. Uh, we think we, we study the, the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, and the, the, the gift of tongues was given that day. We can study 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 about how it is not only to be used in the church, but how it is to be controlled in the church. And a lot of people just say, okay, let's, let's, we're going we're gonna to have to talk the difference between Baptists and Pentecostals and all of that. Uh, so tonight, I know that that is a worthy study. Uh, however, at the outset of what I'm going to say tonight, uh, we're off on another track. That is not our topic for tonight. It is a worthy study, but that's just not our topic for tonight in this particular area. We're going in another direction. So as we begin talking about praying in the Holy Spirit, I want you to turn with me to a little book in your Bible uh, that's right uh, close to the book of Hebrews, and that is the book of Jude. Actually, it's the book right before Revelation. So go to Revelation, back up one notch, and you will find the book of Jude. An interesting little book. I I, I think I preached through it years ago. I need to resurrect that sermon series maybe again. Uh, of course, it's a very, very short little book, but as we uh, get to the book of Jude, Jude is the half-brother of Jesus. You remember that uh, Matthew lists four brothers of Jesus, uh, and one of them in the list, as I said it in the King James Version, his name is Judas, same individual, Jude and Judas are one in the same. Uh, Jude is the half-brother, sharing Mary as mother with Jesus. Uh, Jude's father was Joseph while the father of Jesus is the Holy Spirit of God so they are half brothers Uh, but Jude grew up with Jesus and as you recall even from last Sunday's sermon as well as a couple previous sermons when you go to John chapter 7 verse 5 it says that in the days of Jesus' ministry uh, the brethren, his brothers, were not believers they did not believe in him uh, Jude was one of those brothers. But he came to Jesus Christ as his Lord, as his Savior. Even though he grew up with him as a biological brother, he did come to him as Lord and Savior and God uh, uh, as, they, as, they, uh, as they aged through life. But he became a leader of the church after coming to Jesus as his Lord and his Savior. And in this little letter that Jude writes... Uh, He calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ, first verse uh, of Jude. He calls himself uh, the servant of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine how thrilled Jesus was that his own brother was a servant of the Lord God? Uh, Jude was concerned for the world of his day. In fact, there's something very contemporary in Jude that, that speaks to us. Jude was concerned about the world of his day. He was burdened by a godless culture that he lived in that was invading the church. Now, friends, let me ask you, do you think we live in a culture that is trying to invade the church? Absolutely so. In fact, that's one point of the church in leadership and throughout the church body that we have to be wary of, careful of, that we are going to stay true to the Word of God and not adapt to the, the thought of man or the action of man. Uh, we we live in the world. We have to live in the world. But the Lord Jesus put us in the world that we might change the world, not that the world would change us. And the book of Jude is right down that alley. Jude is concerned that the world could move into the church and change it in wrong and bad directions. And I, I think we share that same concern. Jude wrote this letter to Christians, and he was instructing them on the basics of salvation, and the Christian life, so that the church would remain remain strong against the culture. Uh, They needed to stay wary of false teachers that would work their way into the church and mislead the teaching of the church, mislead it into non-biblical, non-doctrinal statements. So the Christians of the church needed to stay strong. They needed to stay committed in their faith. They needed to stay wary of false teaching that would come in so that the church would never be led off track. So as Jude encourages them to remain strong, he addresses their prayer life, uh, and so I want you to look at Jude. There's only one, if you want to call it a chapter, but there's only one chapter in Jude, uh, verses 20 through 21. And I'm going to read this from several versions, just because I like the I like to, to hear the color of the different versions and translations of this, these two verses. So whatever translation you have, follow along with me. Jude 20 and 21. King James Version says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. The uh, English Standard Version says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Holman Christian Standard Bible. But you, dear friends, as you build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, expecting the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. And then finally, New International Version. But you, dear friends... By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Now, of all those verses, one of, the, one of the words that jumps out at me that I really appreciate and love is in the Holman Christian Standard, which says, expecting the mercy. When we live the life, when we pray by His will, by His grace, by His word, we can expect blessing we can't expect eternal life so I I like that word expecting that pops up in one translation uh, of these two verses now the most holy faith if you'll notice in all of these uh, those words are common Uh, for example in King James Version but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith that's in all of the translations that I have been looking at Uh, in that verse that means stay true to the teachings and the doctrines of the apostles and the prophets. Well, of course, you know, in this day and age, there was no such thing as the New Testament. Uh, it was being p- compiled by the Lord God and written by the Lord God, but they didn't have it. They didn't have the, the the pleasure of having it in written form as we have. So when when Jude says that you want to stay true to the most holy faith, they did have the prophets, the written word of the prophet what we know as our Old Testament. But they also had the teachings of the apostles and those who were leaders in the Christian faith in these days of the first century. So he says, in order to develop your most holy faith, you need to stay true to the Word of God as you have it and true to the teachings of the apostles and the leaders as you have been given that teaching. Uh, So he, he talks about that, being a part of their life is the development of a most holy faith Uh, faith cannot be lived outside of the Bible true you cannot live faith outside of the Bible the Bible informs and leads and guides every step and every area of the expression of our faith in Jesus Christ in fact really faith cannot exist without the Bible No one can say, I'm living a life of faith, but I don't read the Bible. There's a a disconnect there. You've got to be informed by the Word of God in order to be able to live the life of faith. That's what Jude says, and I certainly agree with it. It is the basis of all we believe. So it's the the, the Bible, the Word of God is the foundation that we stand on, and it totally informs every step of faith that the Lord wants us to take. So let's establish this. Jude was right on track. Jude is a man of God. He loved Jesus as Lord and Savior. He was a servant of the Lord, and I believe his word is right on track. And he wanted us, he wanted the church to understand that prayer in relation to the Holy Spirit should be a part of every believer's life. Prayer in relation to the Holy Spirit should be a part of every believer's life. So in verse 20, he says, Our holy faith includes staying true to the Bible And praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, in order to pray in the Holy Spirit, number one, means that you have to have an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. If you're going to pray in the Spirit of God, then the Spirit of God has to be living in you. To pray in Him is to have Him living in you and me. Uh, We have to have that intimate relationship with God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We know the Spirit of God takes up residence in our heart. Uh, and of course, we, we can use those terms interchangeably because we're talking about one God. These are three expressions of the same God. But, but the Spirit of God, as we understand it in the Trinity, is the Spirit that enlivens us and invigorates us and brings us life as the Spirit takes up residence in us. That's the third part of the Trinity. So, actually, the definition of being saved is simply this. If you're saved, and if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit lives in you permanently. You know, that's, that's the gift of the Spirit that came on the day of the birth of the church. If you look at uh, the Old Testament, you find that uh, it's like King David said, don't, Lord, don't take your Spirit from me. The Spirit could leave you. But at the birth of the church, when a believer comes to the Lord God through Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live in us permanently. He will never leave us. It is is a a done deal, so to speak. He's taken up residence in us. So that's the definition of being saved. The Spirit lives in you. The definition of being lost is you're living without the Spirit of God living in you. You don't have a connection with the Spirit of God. So when the Spirit lives in you and me, God does not just hear our prayers. When the Spirit lives in us, He leads our prayers. He He leads us in our prayer life. You're not on your own when you're praying. But you have have a holy God who has pulled up beside you to assist and lead in your prayers, in my prayers. Now, when we consider the Holy Spirit's participation in our prayers, there are three points that I think. Have been led through the book to say that we need to keep in mind. Uh, here's point number one, and this is important. When the Spirit of God leads you and me in prayer, you can be assured that you will never be led to a thought or an action through prayer that is outside of the word of God. It cannot be, it cannot happen. Uh, for example, here's some examples that he gives i got a couple of my own. But one example that he gives is uh, when someone would say, I prayed about it and God has given me peace that I can live with my boyfriend or my girlfriend outside of marriage. That can't happen. That, that can never be the answer to a prayer, that God has given me peace to live in a, a relationship like that because the Bible just flatly calls it fornication. So God is never going to answer your prayer positively when His Word denies it to you negatively can't happen so for a child of god to know that information there's no use to even pray the prayer because you know that god is going to say no that's not my will for you uh the the when we when we pray uh we know that no one can pray god uh, i'm not i'm a little bit upset with the church so i'm going to withhold my tithe that's not god's will We're supposed to bring our gifts to the storehouse. When when we we have the Spirit living in us, I believe that we step out of the will of God when we say, God, for whatever reason, I'm going to stop going to church. I can't find any evidence in the Bible to to, to support that. I believe that the believer is absolutely connected to the church. We need the church, and the church needs us as servants of the living Lord Jesus Christ. So, for me, and this may be a personal statement, I, I pray you agree with me because I believe it's very biblical. And I, there are many, many places in the Bible we can go to to substantiate it. But it's no use to pray, God, I am upset, so I'm just going to cast church to the side. God has a healing there. God has a way to heal us in that. Uh, I believe that the church is to be a part of our life always. Of course, the same principle applies to so many things. You, you, can't, you can't pray, God, uh, allow me to hate my neighbor. <laughs> You can't do that. You know, it's not biblical. Uh, In fact, God God teaches us that if, if you do genuinely hate somebody, start praying for them and your attitude will change. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer changes us. So if you have that feeling towards someone, start praying for them. Because God will change you. God will change me. We can't pray to dishonor our parents or steal or whatever it might be because we'd see the biblical word. So point number one is when the Holy Spirit leads our prayer life, it will always square, it will always follow the word of God. It will always be tracing the word of God. God will never answer a prayer that disagrees with his word. There's the statement if you want to write it down. God will never answer a prayer that disagrees with his word. Okay, here's key number two, point number two. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, the Lord God will assist us in praying. Uh, I love that thought. Uh, And the moment I read that statement, without going any further in the book, uh, you know, the, the passage of Romans 8 comes to mind. And we'll get there in just a minute. But how many times, let me ask you this, how many times have you come to a point of prayer saying, Lord, I've prayed about this uh, and I've sought your will in this, and I just don't know quite how to pray for this particular thing. Uh, you know, uh, many, many people over the course of ministry here, and, and myself included, pray. Lord, I don't know how to pray for this person. I love them. I don't, I'm not ready to let them go physically that they might pass away. But, but I also know that they're suffering and, and need to come home. I don't know how to pray this prayer other than to say, Lord, I'm going to put this person I love in your hands that your will might be done. Uh, sometimes we, I mean, do I, have, do I have a witness here that sometimes we struggle with the right words to say in prayer and the right thing to ask in prayer and the right way to pray a prayer concern? Well, in those moments... Uh, I, I love that, and I, I think I've worn my Bible out going here, but it's, it's Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans 8, 26. Uh, write that reference down. If you're not familiar with it, you, you need this verse. All of us need this verse in our prayer life. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I love that verse. I claim that verse many times. When I don't know exactly how to pray a prayer, I'll say, Lord, in my imperfection, I'm simply asking you to make my prayer perfect, that you will fill in the blanks, and you will make my prayer according to your will because I don't know exactly how to pray here. And the Holy Spirit will intercede for us. And the Holy Spirit of God fills out the blanks of our prayers so that they're perfect before the throne of God. I love that point. Here's point number three. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray with power from God. Prayer is not based on what we can accomplish. Prayer is based on what God can do. Uh. Prayer is based on the power of God who can answer prayer however He chooses, however miraculously He sees fit. Uh, Prayer is not ours to accomplish. We give prayer to God for His accomplishment, His will, His desire to be played through that prayer. When we pray, we're asking the Holy Spirit to lead us, to intercede for us, and God's power takes over Because we're not depending on ourselves, we're depending on Him. And that kind of prayer is open to the will and to the answers that only God can provide uh, in bringing that prayer to fruition. So, the opening of our prayers should be, according to the three keys of prayer, Lord, I don't pray according to my will to be done. I pray, Lord, for your will to be done in this request that I make of you. Secondly, Lord, I make my prayer in Jesus' name, my Savior, my Savior my Lord, the one who went to the cross, my intercessor, and my high priest. And then thirdly, we say, Lord, as, we, as I begin this prayer, I ask the Holy Spirit to lead me that this prayer might be perfect before you. And wherever my prayer falls into imperfection, Lord, through the Holy Spirit living in me, I ask that you will make my prayer perfect, that you will, that you will correct my imperfections. And when we go to him with that heart, With that desire, with that humility, the Lord corrects and pulls our prayers in line with His will and with His Word. Uh, There are many times that I've asked that in my life, and I'm sure yours as well. Uh, And just give His power to our prayers. Well, That's where we close tonight. But how important it is for us to pray uh, as the Spirit lives in us and depending on the Spirit living in our hearts. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you will join us on our next podcast.